Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas to you. I hope Santa Claus was good to everyone this morning and you had a wonderful morning celebration of the birth of Christ. And I hope that that will continue throughout the day as we remember uh, such a wonderful occasion as the birth of Christ. We welcome you here this morning. Uh, We had a wonderful time last night in our Christmas Eve service, and we're glad that you're back with us again today, uh, this morning, for our Christmas Day service. We welcome you here. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us, and we're glad that you're here, and uh, hope you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. And we'd like to invite our guests to drop by our hospitality table on the, on the way out. We have a protocol just a little bit uh, this morning since it's Christmas Day. Uh, I, I want us to do something because I, I, I realized that my text for my sermon today is from Hebrews, but it just wouldn't be right to meet on Christmas Day without reading the, the Christmas story from Luke. So let me invite you to stand if you, would, if you are able, and uh, let's read the story from Luke. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they they that heard it wondered at all those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. While you are still standing, 
let us reach across and greet each other with Christmas greetings as we give the peace and the love of God to one another. Let us greet one another. Okay, children, I believe we have a few children here. Children, come on up to the front. Miss Mary was, is here for our children's moment, so come on up children, to the front, children. I need children, children, children. Yes, please come join me. Okay, I have I have this Christmas present for Tim. Where's Tim? Tim, Tim I, I brought you this Christmas present. So, Merry Christmas. You're the best pastor in the whole world. Oh, good. Thank, thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks. But you're the best pastor in the whole world. Yeah, I know. I know. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I picked that out especially for you. I, I appreciate that. You can go ahead and open it if oh, you want well, to. Well, that's okay. I'll just open it a little bit later on. You know, but... The kids probably want to, and your family's over there, they probably want to see it. Hi. The choir wants to see it. Well, uh, that's okay. I'll just open it later on. You know, we're in the middle of the worship service and everything like that, so we'll just wait. Well, I brought you a Christmas present too, Miss Mary. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Thank you. You know what? God gives us some pretty cool gifts. Um, And he gives us those gifts all year long, and not just at Christmas. God gives us family, brothers, and brothers and sisters, and aunts and nieces. God gives us friends at church and school. God gives us teachers to help us along the way, and preachers. God gives us some really cool gifts so that... um, to show us that he loves us. The coolest gift God ever gave us was born this day in the city of David. It was a Savior. 
Um, Jesus is the greatest gift God could ever give us. And God just loves it. When we are enthusiastic, God gives us some really cool gifts so that um, to show us that he loves us. The coolest gift God ever gave us was born this day in the city of David. It was a Savior. Um, Jesus is the greatest gift God could ever give us. And God just loves it. When we are enthusiastic, when we do what Jesus asks us to do, when we grab hold of those gifts that he gives us, like friends and family and teachers and people who are around us, um, when we grab hold of that with everything that we've got and we don't let go because we understand that that's God's best gift to us. Now, sometimes we get in a mood and we poo-poo some of the gifts that God gives us. You know, where would we be if Summer poo-pooed the music gift that God gave her? Well, the choir would sound pretty bad. We wouldn't have the music that we have right now. Where would we be if Miss Mary poo-pooed the gift that she has in working with you all? We, see, there you go. You guys probably wouldn't be part of this congregation, and this congregation would be less than we are because Miss Mary would poo-poo that gift. We need to grab on to those gifts that God gives us um, and thank God every day that he gives us such great gifts. So let's pray together. God, you give us some really cool gifts. And the coolest gifts that you give us are things that are not found under the Christmas tree that we don't wrap up and put a bow on. The things that we cannot touch. The love of friends and family. The support and talent and um, creative abilities that you have given to folks. The fact that we can love and support one another all the time. But God, the best gift you've ever given us was the gift of your own son, this Christ child born to us this morning. Thank you for loving us that much. And God, just so you know, we love you too. Amen.
Our reading is out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, though whom he also created the world. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Father, we thank you for this wonderful, miraculous day, the day we celebrate the greatest gift in the history of our world, the birthday of your Son, Jesus Christ, the perfect gift, our Savior. Lord, help us better understand the meaning of this day, God with us, 
full of grace and truth. And take it with take it and your words with us as we leave here today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this house, for it is yours, and the opportunity to worship and praise you. Lord, we thank you for your grace, for it is undeserved. We thank you for all your blessings, for there are too many to count. Lord, we ask that you be with those that are in need today, those who are sick and suffering. We ask that you lift them up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, choir. You know, one of the best things about uh, Christmas is the music, isn't it? And we've had some wonderful, wonderful music during this Christmas season. Thank you, choir, for, for leading us in that, in that music today. It was Christmas Eve, the one night in the year when seven-year-old Bobby was in a hurry to go to bed. <laughs> His stocking was hung up on the mantle. The beautiful tree stood over in the corner. He kissed his mother and father goodnight, and then he raced upstairs and jumped into bed. It seemed to Bobby that he hadn't been asleep any time when he heard a, a harsh voice say, Get up. He opened his eyes, blinking in the bright sunlight. Then he remembered what day it was. And with a joyful shout, he, he hurried into his clothes and bounded down the stairs, but on the bottom Step, he stopped. No stocking was hung from the mantle. The Christmas tree was gone too. But, I, but I, I put the angel on top of it myself, he began. And then the shrill whistle from the factory made him jump. The factory can't be open on Christmas, he thought as he put on his coat and he ran out of the house. The guard at the gate of the factory was his friend, and he would tell Bobby why the factory was open. So he went up to the guard and he asked, and the guard said, Clear out of here, you, jerking his thumb at him. No kids allowed. Well, as Bobby turned to leave, he saw to his amazement that all up and down the street, all of the stores were open. Why are they open on Christmas, he asked a woman coming out of the supermarket. And the woman said, Christmas? What's that? The hardware store, the bakery, the five and dime, everywhere it was the same. People were, were busy. People were cross. They had never heard of Christmas. Oh, I, I know the one place where they've heard of Christmas, Bobby cried, at my church. In fact, there's a special service there this morning. And so he started to run, and, 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 he, said, and he came to the street and said, here's the street. At least, at least he thought it was. But there where the church was supposed to be, there was only a, a weed-grown vacant lot. The bell tower with the carillons, the, the Sunday school window where Bobby had pasted his snowflakes, none of it was there. And just then, from the tall grass over by the side of the road, Bobby heard a moan. A man was lying on the ground. A car hit me, he gasped, never even stopped. Help! Bobby called to a lady who was walking by. This man is hurt. But the lady jerked Bobby aside and, and, and took him away and said, Don't touch that man. He doesn't live here. We don't know anything about him. Then Bobby said, I'll run to the hospital and, and I'll get some help. They'll send the ambulance. And then he tore off down the street. Hospital of, goods, of the Good Samaritan. Bobby had read that name over the archway in that great stone wall many, many times before. But, but now the wall ran around an empty field. And, and where the name at the of the hospital once had been was carved these words, 
If only he had come. Suddenly Bobby was running home as if his life depended upon it. Last night his father had read from the Bible. Maybe the Bible would tell him why everything had changed. And the Bible was still lying on the, on the table in the living room. So Bobby snatched it up and ran upstairs to his room. But where the New Testament should have started, there were only blank pages. There was no Christmas story. No Jesus at all. And so Bobby flung himself onto his bed and, and he began to cry. And then he heard, Merry Christmas, Bobby. It was his mother's voice from downstairs. Aren't you going to come downstairs? Aren't you getting up from, on Christmas morning? And Bobby sprang out of bed and ran to the window. And, and he saw there across the street, there were Christmas wreaths on the doors across the street. And, and suddenly the bells, the carillons from the, from the church began to ring. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Here I come, Mom, Bobby called. But he paused at the door and he shut his eyes. And he said... You came. Thank you for coming. That's our prayer to the Lord Jesus on this Christmas day. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. The comedian uh, Bob Hope used to joke about how poor his family was. Uh, when he was growing up, he said they were so poor that they didn't get any presents. But on Christmas Eve, they would hang up their stockings before they went to bed. And sure enough, the next morning when they woke up, they'd be nice and dry. <laughs> Hope also said that, that since his folks couldn't afford to buy them any toys for Christmas, every Christmas Eve, after everyone went to bed, his father would tear an extra page off of the calendar and when the kids woke up the next morning and came downstairs, he'd, he'd point to the calendar and say, Look, it's December the 26th. Where were you yesterday? You missed Christmas. Well, we don't know if Bob Hope was joking or not. If he was really all that poor, it's probably just his shtick there. But, but we are truly glad that we didn't miss Christmas. You see, we're here. And life is good. And we're thankful for that. One of my favorite Peanuts cartoons has Lucy coming to Charlie Brown and saying, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. She says, since it's this time of the year, I think we ought to bury all of our differences and try to be kind to one another. And so Charlie Brown asks, well, why does it have to be just this time of the year? Why can't it be all year long and to which, uh, to which Lucy looks at him and exclaims, What are you, some kind of a fanatic or something? Well, my friends, that, of course, is the challenge of Christmas, isn't it? And it's really the dream of, of Christmas. Why can't we preserve all of those good feelings of, of peace and goodwill all throughout the year? Well, maybe if we really understood what happened at Christmas... He would make a difference in our lives. The writer of Hebrews tried to express the true meaning of Christmas in our lesson for today. He says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. 
But in these last days, God has spoken to us by a son whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he also created the universe. He is the perfect reflection of God's glory and the the exact representation of God's very being. And he sustains everything by his powerful word. When he had provided for the purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. What a beautiful passage of Scripture that is. There are at least three stunning claims about Christ that the writer of Hebrews makes in that passage. The first one is this. He tells us that the baby in that manger is the fulfillment of God's plan. The babe in the manger is the fulfillment of God's plan. My friends, the, the birth of Jesus was no accident. Ever since the beginning of time, God has tried to express God's plan and, and God's purpose for humankind without impinging upon our freedom of choice. And most recently, before the coming of Jesus, God spoke through the prophets and and called the people to practice righteousness and justice. And, and they tried to, to express to Israel just how important they were to, to God's plan in the world. But the people didn't understand that. Or maybe they refused to listen to that. And unfortunately, that even happens today sometimes, doesn't it? It does. Louis Palau tells the story of a wealthy European family who decided to have their their newborn baby baptized in their enormous mansion. They threw a big party for the baptismal service. Dozens of guests were invited to this event, and they all arrived in the the latest of fashions and the best of clothes. And and after depositing their elegant coats on the bed in the upstairs bedroom, and all the guests were entertained like royalty. And then the time came for the main purpose of this evening, the baptism of their child. But when they asked for the child, nobody seemed to know where he was. They couldn't find the child anywhere. And so they started looking and panic ensued as they desperately searched for the baby. And then then after several moments of several minutes of looking for this child, they finally found the child Buried beneath all of the coats and the jackets and the furs on the bed. The very object of that day's celebration had been forgotten. Neglected. And nearly smothered. I wonder if that could happen today at Christmas time. I have a friend who was traveling through North Carolina last week who passed by a church sign that said on one side, keep Christ in Christmas. And then on the other side, it said no services on Christmas Day. (laughs) We're often reminded to remember the reason for the season. But sometimes that's not easy, is it? The materialism that surrounds this time of the year, the the partying that takes place in our society before Christmas, all of the hullabaloo, all of the hectic pace that 
that all of us are involved with around the Christmas season, it can smother the call of Christ for righteousness and justice today. Just as it did during the time of the prophets. But the coming of Christ is the fulfillment of God's plan. Jesus came to once again call us to righteousness and to justice. Jesus came to once again to to demonstrate once and for all just how important we are in God's plan for the world. That's why Jesus came. He was the ultimate fulfillment of God's plan. Then the second thing that the writer of Hebrews says to us is that Christ is the perfect reflection of the character of God. He writes, the Son is the perfect reflection of God's glory and the exact representation of God's very being. One woman tells about her her daughter, uh, I mean her niece rather, Samantha, who is a teacher in a, in a Christian elementary school. Well, it fell upon Samantha that year to produce the annual Christmas play, and, and she told her students that if they forgot their line, just ad-lib something. Just say something instead of just standing there. And, and, and so they, they practiced rigorously through the, through the weeks before the, uh, before the Christmas play. And, and on the big night, all went well until the three wise men made their entrance. The first wise man was perfect. Baby Jesus, here is your gold, he said. The second boy was perfect too. Baby Jesus, here is your frankincense. But the boy playing the third wise man said, Baby Jesus, this is your... This is, this is your, and then he froze. He couldn't remember the name of the gift that he had brought to the baby Jesus. And, and then after a, a few tense seconds of quiet, the teacher whispered to him, say anything. And so the boy peered longingly and adoringly down into the manger and exclaimed, Oh, doesn't he just look like his dad? (laughs) Well, you know what? He does, doesn't he? He does look just like his dad. And, And that's what the writer of Hebrews tells us. Christ is the perfect reflection of God's glory and and the exact representation of God's very being. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus looked like God, of course. But it does mean that Jesus showed us everything that we need to know about God. Especially God's self-giving love for everyone. Jesus was born to show us God. Then there's one more thing that the writer of Hebrews tells us. Christ now reigns with the Father in heaven. 
After he had provided purification for our sins, says the writer of Hebrews, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. This humble carpenter who worked with his hands, who had calluses on his hands, this humble carpenter who held little children in his arms, this humble carpenter who reached out to lepers and the lame and the least and the lowest, this humble carpenter now occupies the throne of heaven with the Father. An old spiritual says it like this, Oh, Mary, where is your baby? And Mary answered, They done took him from the manger and done carried him to a throne. And why is that good news? Well, here it is. In 1 John 2, verse 1, we read these words. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. That, my friends, is amazing good news for all of us today. Jesus sits at the right hand of God. He knows what we're going through because He's been here. He's been here and He's... He's experienced the, the life of humanity, all the ups and the downs and the hardships that we face. He knows what we've go, we're going through. He's known the temptations that we have been tempted with. He's been here. And now He is an advocate in our behalf. They done took Him from the manger and done carrying, carried him to the throne. This is the meaning of Christmas Day. God's plan for humankind has been fulfilled. The Savior of the world has come to us. He is the perfect representation of God. And now he reigns with God, world without end. Amen. And amen. Let's sing a Christmas carol. How about number 85, the first Noel? And this will be our closing carol, but it will not be the closing of the spirit of Christmas because I hope that that will be something that we will take with us wherever we go. Let us stand and sing number 85, the first Noel.
thank you for being here today. It's been a wonderful day. It's, it was a wonderful night last night. And we, I want to thank all the participants who were involved with that and everyone who came to, uh, to attend last night. It was a wonderful Christmas Eve service. It's, it's wonderful to share Christmas with God's people and, and with friends and family and loved ones. And I want to thank you uh, for making my Christmas as blessed as it has been. Uh, just one or two announcements here. We will, we will not be having any services this week, with, uh, no Wednesday services, no activities on Wednesday. Uh, it's been a hectic December, and I think we could use a week off. And uh, so uh, everybody rest this week um, and, uh, and have a wonderful and blessed week. However, as is our practice, every time that there, is, that there are five Sundays in a month, which... I'm sorry, five Saturdays in a month, uh, which happens to fall on this month, we provide lunch at the Salvation Army. And so we're providing lunch this Saturday at Salvation Army, and we could use some volunteers for that. Uh, We'll meet there at Salvation Army around 1030 in the morning, and so if you would like to help provide lunch and serve lunch on that day, uh, please be there and, and share that time with us. It is wonderful to be here with God's people. And let us go with God's benediction. Let's pray. O God, who became flesh and dwelt among us, we give you thanks for this season of Advent that you have led us through and for the celebration of the birth of your Son on Christmas. We give you thanks for familiar music and comforting traditions. We give you thanks for the the grace of family and friends for gifts given and gifts received, not only the tangible kind wrapped in paper and bows, but other gifts as well, a hug, a handshake, laughter shared, love expressed. But most of all, God, we give you thanks for the gift of your Son that brings us light, that gives us hope. May it never be said that we have walked away from Christmas untouched and unchanged. May it never be said that in the midst of the wrapping paper and the tinsel and the colored lights, we've somehow missed seeing the Christ who still comes to us. I pray that our eyes have been opened to the Christ child and to his message of love. That we have heard with our ears and responded with our hearts. And now as we leave this time of worship, may we take with us the spirit of the one who came and may we shout it on the mountaintops that Christ was born and even now walks among us.
Merry Christmas, everyone.